Welcome to the Lost Stars Podcast. I'm Mike Schneider. And I'm Joe Wallen. Thank you for being on the show. Today, we are very lucky to have with us Steve Broback and Jason Preston of the Dent, the Dent Conference founders. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks. Yeah. So, you know, I'm excited. I'm personally, I, I've been told for years I should go to your conference. I'm actually going to make it this year. So I'm really excited about that. But tell, tell for the folks in the audience who, who haven't heard of the Dent Conference, tell us about it. Uh, sure. Well, we, Jason and I, this is Steve here. Jason and I had been working together for many years on a bunch of different events. Uh, World's first Twitter conference, the Blog Business Summit way back when here in Seattle. Um, and we'd been thinking for a long time about an event that was uh, a little more, a little less focused on a particular technology and a little more on sort of um, entrepreneurship, creativity. Uh, we kept bouncing these, you know, and bringing in a lot of the people we'd met over the years and had, had a chance to work with that were really doing interesting things. And we kept bouncing the idea back and forth for well over a year about this event, this idea. And then we were both home for the, the weekend. I think it was a weekend and Steve Jobs had passed away and both independently of each other had come up with this, uh, he, you know, his statement about making a dent in the universe, which is what, um, you know, was something that he promoted when he was uh, working with the original Macintosh team. Hey, we're, let's, let's make a dent in the universe. Um, we both thought independently of each other, that would be a great theme for an event. And when we came back in the office together, we both pitched, pitched each other on the same idea. So that was the genesis of it all. That's pretty fun. So, what, what year was that? Jason, I'll let you. That was that was, that was probably 2012, I think, when we decided to go for it. And then March of 2013 was the first time that we hosted the event. And what we did was we basically looked around our network, Steve and I, for people that we knew who were doing, uh, you know, either had put a dent in the universe or were doing something that we were convinced was important and meaningful and was on track to dent the universe. And we got about a hundred people together and took them out uh, to Sun Valley, Idaho, and had this really awesome, intimate conference uh, where we just kind of spent two days, uh, you know, in sessions digging through all of the sort of stories and lessons about, uh, you know, chasing chasing big dreams and chasing big goals. And it was, uh, yeah, that was really fun. <laughs> that, that was really fun so we decided still, um, to do it again is the conference still pretty small like I, I mean i just in terms of size i love small conferences because you bump into the same people over and over again and you by the end of the conference you feel like you made some friends um yeah i don't know tell me tell us about the size of the conference is it, did, is it still an intimate thing or has it grown yeah it's still very much an intimate thing we've had controlled growth i mean since then we've a little bit more than doubled in size but this will be our fifth year and so it'll be a little bit more than 200 people this year. And it's actually a really good size for an event like Dent because we want to focus on putting people together in this really creative environment, the sort of pressure cooker for uh, innovative thinking, new ideas, new perspectives. You know, it's people from, uh, you know, there's a, there's a large number of people who go who are entrepreneurs and, uh, you know, a good number of people who are angels or VCs. And so you get some of that that you would get at a, uh, you know, at a startup uh, or a tech event. Um, but we also have a really good number of artists. Um, this year we have 
uh, Drew Kadeoka coming, who's this really fantastic artist who's put some art actually on the International Space Station. Um, we have an artist and technologist from MIT who's like gene splicing different scents into plants as types of art. Um, so there's, it's this weird blend where we've got, um, you know, people of, of, of various different disciplines coming together and it's about four days in total. People tend to show up Saturday night, this kind of an informal game night. Sunday, we have an activity day and there's sort of a variety of things that people do, uh, in small groups, which really facilitates, uh, it's sort of, I mean, Icebreaker is the wrong term, but it kind of helps a lot with that. You know, by the time you get into the session room, you spent a day um, forming new friendships or reconnecting with people who were there last year or, you know, who you see throughout the year. Um, and that includes things like snowshoeing, uh, but also less intense things like learning how to do Zen art. Um, and it's at about 200 people, when you get four days together like that, you really have a chance to have a meaningful conversation with pretty much everybody that you want to have a meaningful conversation there with. And so that's, that's kind of how it, it maps out in terms of size these days. It's also, it should be noted that officially it's, it's quote, invite only, unquote, but um, it's very easy to request an invitation. There's a link up there on the homepage and um, almost universally we get, we've got so many interesting people that have requested invitations that, um, um, you know, all you do is request an invite and we take a look at what you're doing and what your interests are and see if, you know, the dent would be a place where you'd get value out of and then we send off an invite. So it is a little bit also a little bit controlled in that way, but we're, we're very open to new people and people we don't know joining us out there. Um, it's also, I should mention, there's a lot of wine drinking. <laughs> so there's uh, a lot of, uh, everybody tends to converge in the middle of the night or, you know, after the session, not middle of the night. Well, sometimes in the middle of the night to, you know, just talk and drink wine and, and um, talk about the sessions of the day and see where there's commonality between, you know, people, various people's interests. Um, we're big believers in this phrase called combinatorial creativity, which means we like bringing together people from um, industries and, and experiences and backgrounds that are diverse, because often interesting solutions come out of, you know, different realms being merged. Right. Right. It sounds really fun. So did you say that one of the artists who's coming, he does, he, he gene splices different scents into different plants just for art? Is that what he said? That's, that's, it's actually a, a woman, uh, Annie Lou, who's a um, really fast. So every year we actually have an artist in residence. We have a number of artists that come. Okay. Uh, but this year, uh, Annie is our artist in residence. And she's a, a technologist at MIT, uh, is I think her job title technically. But what that means is the different, couple different labs at MIT, um, she teaches a class and they basically say, hey, take some time and just try interesting things with the technology and the expertise that we have lying around the building. And so she talked to a couple of people in the genetics lab into letting her use their machinery to create plants that smell like different things as sort of pieces of art and art exhibits. So yes, that <laughs> I did say that. <laughs> and that's, wow, that's, that's one really, of the things that she does. Yeah, that sounds amazing. That sounds well, cool. We've also got Zoe Keating, um, who's a really remarkable artist, cellist, who's going to be 
coming to speak too. So yeah, we're, we do have a non-trivial artistic thread going through the event this year. That's how you know Steve t- has an, an econ degree is because he yeah. uses the term non-trivial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You listeners out there with econ degrees, no doubt perked up when you heard non-trivial. <laughs> I do that all the time. We'll be on a call. Someone will say non-trivial. I'll go, you're an econ major. Yeah. <laughs> well, so econ at the UW, that was your, uh, that was your major, Steve? Yeah, that was, that was it. Well, you but, and I wandered through the same halls then. I wonder if we were there at roughly the same time. Oh, my God. You're an econ major? I was an econ major, yeah. Oh, okay. We don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I got I got my econ degree. Then I got a business degree. I hung around a little extra. Yep. And uh, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. We definitely have to compare notes. I was I was I was really an enthused economics, you know, student in in my undergraduate days. I you love. Know, I got to tell you, Joe, that's a whole nother podcast because um, I've been wanting to do a blog post on how you know econ the economics mindset lends itself to, you know, startups because there's a number of them, you know, Mark Andreessen is 1000%. That's where his head is at. Um, anyway, that's all another podcast. We don't have to do that now. <laughs> so, this is, so this has been this first, so you do this every year. It's in Sun Valley every year, or that's your historical location. And you've done it every year at Sun Valley. Is that right? Yeah, it's, that's the core retreat. We've also done, uh, a variety of dent dinners, sort of salon style gatherings around the country. That was in partnership with um, one of our main sponsors is Buick, and they facilitated us going to three cities and and people all various denters all over the country after they leave the conference tend to throw little gatherings in in their hometowns too. Yeah. So there's a we call them dings, <laughs> the little dents, <laughs> um, and then we also do. Um, a space-themed conference, which is a lar- pretty large event um, in San Francisco. We did that last September called Dent Space uh, because we've been fortunate to build over the years some relationships with folks from NASA and from uh, Blue Origin and Virgin and other organizations. We decided to host sort of a space-themed event, and that, of course, aligns with Denting the Universe. Um, we also do... Uh, every year we counsel um, San Diego Comic-Con on okay. some of their science and tech programming. So we tend to do a few panels at Comic-Con every year. And then we did a real, twice this year we've done an interesting gathering where we brought, um, invited dent attendees to go to Florida and we scuba dive down to this um, NASA undersea research habitat called Aquarius Reef Base. So that we do, anyway, that's kind of a field trip. So we do all kinds of different events. But Dent Sun Valley is our flagship, you know, retreat. Right. You know, and it's interesting, sorry, to just to jump in for half a second, because there was this, because um, Steve's used the word retreat a couple of times, and it, it feels a little bit that way. And that was intentional. When we first, you know, in 2012, we sort of put together, you know, a group of advisors to help us. Um, you know, bring the whole thing together. And we talked to a bunch of people, um, you know, ranging from one of the co-founders of TED to um, somebody who, anyways, the the, uh, debate was about whether to do Dent in a cosmopolitan happening city, uh, you know, New York City, London, uh, something like that. Or do you, do you take the group away from it all? And, you know, obviously we ended up with the latter. And what I think is one of the, the most valuable things about that is 
gaining is the ability just for the environment to give you perspective on on the issues that you're facing in whatever it is that you're doing, whatever your you know quest to dent the universe is. And I was reading a um, about a study uh, like two or three days ago that talked about how uh, when when you are done at work, you kind of need mentally and physiologically people need time to you know decompress or just divert their attention away from the things that have that are stressing them out about work and you just it's recuperative and it's necessary you need it uh you know while you're not sleeping it's not enough to just work and sleep you actually need some uh some other time and uh they did a study where they said well, how is that decompression time affected by uh for example having a cell phone and it turns out that if you are done, you leave the office or you're just done working and then you keep your cell phone for the evening, uh, that dis just having your cell phone around disrupts your ability to decompress, <laughs> which is really, I mean, it's sort of intuitively we get that. We go, oh yeah, that makes sense because you, you know, you're reminded about work or things come your way or alerts or, you know, and introduces new stressors. And so just the ability to go out to Sun Valley and be in the mountains, you know, where the scale of it just kind of reminds you that the world is bigger, you know, than what's been preoccupying you for the past two weeks, you know, heads down, you know, grinding it out. Just, just having that environment, I think, goes a long way to, to creating the value that Dent provides to the people that go. Well, now I'm going to interject one other thing. We we're just talking with one of our speakers today, uh, Rebecca Rausch, um, something she's passionate about. And we've been big advocates for, for practically since the beginning of, you know, the first dent was this idea that um, there's a lot of research that proves creativity and problem solving um, is greatly accelerated in a natural environment what Nassim Taleb calls a fractal-rich environment. Fract so, well, hold on. Pause on that. Nassim Taleb said fractal-rich. In, yeah. in which book did he say that? He, he didn't. I'm sort of a an acolyte, and I, I try to read his every utterances on his Facebook page and other places. So He's I don't, a wonderful, wonderful thinker of a human. Amazing. Oh, well, he... Yeah, there's so many... Th sorry, econ major. Here we go again. Um <laughs> I just want to, when somebody says something interesting like this in the podcast, I just like to sometimes hit the pause button and just repeat the phrase. So give us the phrase one more time. So here he calls a messy, here is a quote, a messy, fractal rich environment, unquote. Okay. okay. And um, that's one of the reasons we host it where we do, because it is, it's a very fractal rich environment where, you know, when you're out long before we did Dent, I would, I told Jason, you know, I seem to get my best ideas when I'm walking the dog and I'm outside in the trees and I'm getting exercise. And what we've discovered subsequently is there's uh, a bunch of research that backs that up, that creativity when you're sort of, um, and it's two things. One is if you're walking, um, that kind of moves your brain into a certain mode, but then being in that environment. And so things that you've been focusing on, like issues, challenges, problems, or, you know, things you're trying to solve when you're out in nature walking or doing something um, active, your background, your, is that called level two thinking? I'm trying to remember. Um, but your background processing starts to really work on it too. And, you, and, and you're able to get solutions um, more easily because you've got different parts of your brain working on it. Sure. So. Yeah, yeah I've, se I've sensed that just myself, just, 
I mean, just getting out walking is super helpful to to think. It's super helpful for creativity. Well, it's good for your body too. So there's a, a hospital um, study they did where they noticed that um, patients that had windows where they could see trees and and nature, they tended to be uh, released from the hospital in less time than the people who had windows that were facing brick walls. Right. So there's actually a really, there's actually a woman. Um, well, do you, you know, brainpickings.org, I'm sure. That's of course. Yeah. Maria Popova. Wait, 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 what's, what's brainpickings.org? What's brainpickings I haven't seen it so for everybody else. Brainpickings.org. Is we should check out. Yeah. yeah. It's, a great, it's a great website. Brainpickings.org. And uh, the woman who runs it is a woman named Maria Popova. And I think she lives in Brooklyn. Um, but she just writes about writers. And she wrote a really great story one time about a woman who had cancer and a woman who who meditated on this tree outside her hospital room while she was undergoing treatment for cancer. And it turned out that the, the actual drug that actually saved her turned out to be a drug, you know, that was derived from the from a tree, right? I forgot which one, but hmm. that's fascinating. I totally understand that and get that. It makes a lot of sense. Well, we think that can really contributes to um, a lot of ideas, relationships, uh, and some businesses have originated from... Um, you know, our, our people all getting together in this fractal and wine rich environment. <laughs> um, and anyway, we think it's, we think it's an important aspect to the event and also that they're not distracted, you know, and not have to go run, you know, you host it in downtown Seattle and half the people are going to pop in for a session and then they're going to go run off to a, you know, to a meeting that's pulling at them. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I think you guys made the right choice. Go somewhere where people can get out in nature and, uh, um, you know, Mark Nager now is running that mountain, what's it called? The thing he runs in Telluride now, the, um, mountain accelerator. Have you, do you know Mark? Oh, yeah. 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 You got that, that, is it, they have got a building, right? I don't know, but it's every time I see a picture of, from Telluride with, I think that I have to go there and like ski with him and check out whatever it is that's going on there. It looks pretty amazing. So I'm super stoked about this conference you guys are doing and, I'm, and the fact that I'm going to be able to come this year. Well, Sun Valley's got a great startup ecosystem, too, that they've been working on. Um, the Ketchum Innovation Center and uh, the mayor of the town, they've been aggressively recruiting and with some success um, urging companies to move their startups to this, you know, fairly, I don't want to say remote, uh, Boise is two hours and 45 minutes away. So they're kind of off the beaten path, um, but they... You know, the lifestyle that it offers to, you know, employees, um, founders really enjoy, you know, having, being in the environment. Um, so they've, they've been working it too. So when you get there, we'll, we'll hook you up with those guys. So you get a chance to see a little bit of what's going on in the startup. We, we, one of the companies there is called Viken, um, and they're going to be at the event and they're doing really good, cool things with, um, with water infrastructure. Hmm. Anyway. We'll, yeah, we'll, water. It's funny. A lot of, I think, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know what bucket you put that in, in ag tech or something, but businesses that save, that save water during the production of, you know, agricultural products or, I mean, just otherwise, I, I mean, that's a amazing, I think, a interesting business opportunity in of itself, just around water. Sure. Yeah. It's this huge, continu it's this continuation of software is eating the world, right? You know, you get to a certain point, it's, you go software is eating everything I'm familiar with, we must be done. And then you realize there's just, you're familiar with such a tiny portion of the world. <laughs> that yeah. There's, yeah. Well, there's so much more to go. 
Viking, for example, could have significantly mitigated the, some of the issues we saw in Flint. Um, you know, and, and we're starting to see it in other municipalities. I do not have financial interest in that company, so I'm not. <laughs> I just want to make a disclaimer. <laughs> well, that's, that's quite all right. Yeah, and then Mike and I talk on the show. A lot of people uh, explore, you know, pursuing all sorts of, um, you know, just interesting and different and creative ideas. So it's always fun to talk talk about them. It's always fun to talk about people doing different things. You know, it's one of the things that's really cool about about hosting a conference like Dent. Um, is that we get to see a lot, and especially because we have this, you know, form where people can request an invitation. And when people come and request an invite, they often leave a note about what they're doing and why it's, you know, denting the universe or important. And so just, you know, on a daily basis, basically, I get to look through and see uh, some really unique and interesting ideas, things that people are doing, um, mashing up, all you know art and uh and and like team building mashing up you know technology and power generation and uh ocean waves like doing some cool stuff with that i mean it's all over the map and i get to see see it come through and i just think god what a cool thing that there are people in such vastly different areas that are going to get to you know trade brainwaves it's just it's it's really inspiring yeah, I love I love that stuff. One of the things that we talk about on the podcast a lot, and it seems like it fits in with kind of, I'm always torn between, uh, you know, in the ideas that I try to pursue with my entrepreneurial ventures between, um, you know, small, what I would consider like base hit ideas that are easy to, to achieve and, and um, you know, have a lower risk of failure. Um, and But I bet that would still be fun uh, versus being torn in the other direction, which is why I spend time on something that isn't big enough to dent the universe. And so I feel like there's this constant pull between, you know, should, should we be spending our time on big ideas so that our time isn't wasted versus should we be spending our time on ideas that are more easily obtainable so that you don't have to rely as much on, you know, large amounts of funding or, or external forces, th- things that you can control easier with a small team. Um, right. It sounds like you guys fall on the dent the universe end of things, obviously. Um, I don't know. I'm curious to know your thoughts on that. Is that the take that you guys have made? Is that, uh, you know, if you're going to spend time on a project, it may as well be something that has a huge impact versus small impact. Yeah. And by the way, let me chip in on my thoughts on it before you guys respond. I mean, when you, when you say dent the universe, I personally think that you can dent the universe even with something small and it's not that hard to build or not that expensive to build and doesn't require a lot of funding. If it's creative and well done and interesting and people use it, I don't know. I'd love to hear my well, good cue for a conversation. How many, how many times have, You know, has someone come up to any of us that are on the podcast right now and said, you know, uh, there was something you said a couple of years ago that mentioned to me or there was something you did. It was like, you know, it really it made a difference in in my in my path or in a choice I made or whatever. And and I consider that to be making a dent. You know, if if you've had the ability to uh, make a difference, significant difference for one person, even. I think that's legitimate. And, you know, I, for example, you guys have had on the podcast um, Gary Rubens, who is just not only a great um, entrepreneur, but you talk about his efforts within, in education right now. And um, he's doing astonishing work, which um, he's making a gazillion 
dense with changing people's individuals' lives in terms of their education. And G- Gary is going to be a dent this year. Yeah, so I'm excited to have Gary there. I great. loved I loved hearing his story and his background. Um, so, yeah, we don't limit it to – because the thing is we really don't want to limit it to – it sometimes gets conflated with this uh, going IPO thing, the unicorn thing. And we're not at all convinced that that is the the – the desirable path, you know, it's sort of, there's this current thinking that, well, you know, it's, you come up with the idea, you get angel investing, you get VC investing, you go IPO or get acquired. Okay. We, yeah, you've made your dent. It's like, yeah. Um, we think there's all kinds of dents and you've got to pick the one that's right for you. And I, I think for, you know, I, I think of it as points of leverage. I try and think of points of leverage, you know, where, where is that? And it can run all up and down the scale. I mean, for example, on the, you know, on the scale of changing, you know, a gazillion people's lives or thinking of, you know, Steve Jobs as the inspiration, you know, driving the phrase in the name of the conference, you know, as, as dent, how are we going out to make a dent? We're looking for these, these little points of leverage in people's lives where if you can, if you can have an impact, a meaningful impact on someone, uh, inspire them, uh, inspire a hundred people, inspire a thousand people, uh, you know, and somebody goes on, say we have, you know, five or six people in a century that have the kind of, uh, that run the kind of business or have the kind of impact that jobs did, you know, whether it's also, you know, Gandhi or in science, Marie Curie, like whatever you want to pick as your example, say we have five or six of those a century and say we go up one, say we, say we're able to get one more of those per century. You know, just those are that's where you have, you know, points of leverage. And so and so it can be about creating one more, you know, huge, famous denter in a century. Um, But it's also, you know, on a smaller scale, like we've been talking about, it's like, what what are those places where you can have a real impact like Gary Rubens does on somebody's life with education? Uh, You know, that's those are dense, too. And so I just think of where where do you have points of leverage? And, And an interesting thing that struck me about your question um, in the first place is I, I've been thinking a lot about this recently. I think we talk about, uh, ambition as a culture. We talk about people having ambition as a static, uh, trait. Um, and I think this is actually a fallacy of a lot of stuff. When people talk about denting, we think, we think in terms of traits. Um, and there's a lot that, that we can be misleading about that. Um, but ambition in particular has been fascinating to me recently because I know that I personally feel sometimes ambitious and sometimes not. You know, I feel there are days when I feel like, yeah, well, you know, why are you doing this if not to, you know, change the lives of 100,000 people, of a million people, to, you know, truly do something uh, big and fantastic and will go down in the history books. And then there are days when I'm like, look, I just, I want to have a good life. You know, I enjoy my kids. I want to spend a little bit more time playing with my son in the morning. I want to, you know, those kinds of things. And as a person, we can embody everything on that spectrum. And sometimes it varies by week, sometimes by day, sometimes by month or year. And so I think there's this um, nuance that's lacking in our language about ambition and denting. Uh, that would be a really interesting conversation to have, especially today when people are are so you know, driven by their work and at, you know, 24 hours a day. 
Um, anyways, that that struck me about your question, and I just wanted I think to. That's a, that's throw a great that out. transition uh, in terms of you know it sounds like the Dent Conference is a great place to have that conversation, and so maybe maybe now is a great time for you to tell people how they can go request an invitation and where they can find out more information, and then. Uh, yeah, and go from there. Well, if you, if your listeners just go to Google and well, our domain is dentthefuture.com and if you go to Google and just type um, dent conference, we're usually number 1 or dent sun valley, we're usually number 1 and there's a big link at the top of the page that says request an invite. Um, and in fact, if, if they do request an invite and they put in the note that they heard this podcast, we'll uh, we'll give them a, a special deal on the pricing, but that's the easiest way to find us. I want to mention one more thing about denting. Um, one example, which is uh, little, little points of leverage that Jason brought up is, um, one of our longtime denters, Chris Morrow of San Diego and CNN, she's, uh, been a regular attendee and she, she made us aware of this really cool company, uh, called Solite, S-O-L-I-G-H-T. And they make a thing called a solar puff. And it's this very beautiful, elegant, but simple design. It's a little um, uh, collapsible plastic box that contains a small solar charger and an LED light and a switch. And so what happens is you let this thing charge in the daytime. And then at night, you've got a pretty bright little lantern. And... It's being used all over the globe in um, in countries where currently people are using are burning, you know, fires inside to try and get light at night, um, affecting their lungs. And instead, now they've got this bright light source um, that is in you know in th- thousands, hundreds of thousands. I don't know exactly if they're up into the millions yet, but it's making a, a difference in all of these homes, making their lives better. And uh, by the way, our attendees will be getting these things. But I, I would encourage your listeners to read Google on uh, on Solar Puff the light because it's again it's not a huge gigantic industry, um, but it is doing um, you know it's making it it's it's changing the world. Yeah, which is. Um, what you guys mentioned last in your last podcast with Dan Bernstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is your business changing the world? I saw a really cool thing the other day. It was a uh, a really a really well designed. Um, it almost looked like one of those kids' toys that ex- the, those little balls that expand into giant balls when you pull them apart. Yeah, but, but basically this thing was used to roll along the ground and blow up uh, landmines, and so oh. you you wouldn't have to you wouldn't have to. I mean, it was the 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 device was designed to withstand the the you know explosion of the of the landmine on one of its huh. little legs and then you would just plug a new leg in there and keep rolling the thing around oh, i saw that that's awesome pretty, pretty interesting wow. right i mean it, like and that thing you just described that the hey we need some light at night and you know it's not healthy to burn you know the fuel usually burned for fires at night that's a that's a big deal that's a that's a really interesting and cool thing to hear about yeah, so that's kind of a quintessential, you know, just really making a difference, not necessarily a gigantic industry, but, um, you know, we love those stories. Yeah, those are great stories. Those are great hey, stories. Hey, well, Jason and Steve, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Um, I, I encourage everybody to check out the conference, see Joe there, uh, see Gary Rubens there. And, um, yeah, thanks, everyone else, for listening. We'll see you all next week.